We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. It It is interesting, right, because we have this game on Saturday. And then there's sort of a layoff of about 16 days in between the Packers' last preseason game and then when they kick off the regular season. I suppose it's 15 days uh doing some very simple math in my head. Uh, but, you know, it 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 is a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, we've made it through the entire offseason. We'll have player cuts to talk about, um, probably some other news around the NFL and a holiday. So, you know, it I, I would imagine it's going to go pretty fast and we'll have lots of content to keep you all entertained. But, Maggie, how are you doing? Yeah, it's kind of funny, all the, the Packers stuff and the NFL stuff in general just like starts ramping up now. We have the preseason games, we have all of these random trades that are happening around the league, and you know, Packers fans are, I'm sure, going to start to worry about players they like 
potentially getting claimed or going to other practice squads pretty soon, but roster cutdowns on Tuesday. So last preseason game, it feels like it uh, kind of flew by. Yeah, it really kind of has. And we are almost there. Uh, We are getting set for the Packers third preseason game. As you guys said, Green Bay hosts the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow afternoon. Uh, It sounds like we will get a little bit of most of the starters in this one. Uh, Jordan Love continues to get those valuable reps. But for many players, this is going to be their last opportunity to stand out and make an impression on the coaching staff before those final cutdowns, as Maggie mentioned. So the third preseason game is kind of a laid back deal for some of these guys, but it's a pressure moment for others. And so it's going to be a lot of fun uh, for us as fans who are trying to figure out how all this is going to come together, who's going to make the team. But let's talk about what we're going to be looking for in this game. Let's uh, start with some position groups that we'll be watching closely, maybe some battles within those position groups. And then we'll also talk about some individual players that we'll have our eyes on Saturday afternoon. But let's start with those position groups. What groups are you guys watching most closely in this Saturday preseason game number three? Yeah, for for me, I I actually think this is kind of a boring pick, but I'm going to go with linebackers. I went through the roster trying to figure out what areas of depth are major question marks for this team. And I really think backup linebacker is getting largely ignored because there's so many other big storylines. We know all about the offense and and the, you know, offensive weapons specifically. We know about safety. We know how excited people are for defense line uh, and edge. And people really aren't talking about linebacker. We we expect Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker to be really good starters this year. But what's behind them? Saturday, I think, is going to be a fascinating preview of who amongst Eric Wilson, Isaiah McDuffie, Tariq Carpenter, Jimmy Phillips Jr., etc., can wrap up one of those two to three spots. Wilson and McDuffie certainly appear to be the favorites, but this is always an area where you hope one to two major special teams contributors are going to shine, and then you have players that you can plug in if Campbell and Walker are to miss any time. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just brought up inside linebacker depth with Andy Herman on PAX, which she said earlier this week. Um, Tariq Carpenter, I thought, was a really interesting option here because mm-hmm. he transitioned, obviously, we know from safety, was kind of drafted as that hybrid safety linebacker. And it sounds like he doesn't really enjoy playing inside <laughs> linebacker, but he's a special teams ace. So curious if that's an if that's going to be enough for the Packers to give him a roster spot. Um, but for my position group, I'll take the edge rushers. You know, J.J. and Igbari, I thought, you know, really put the league on notice. Obviously, he was never in jeopardy, really, of not making this roster. But his performance against the Patriots last week was really impressive. So you have an edge unit now that consists of Rashawn Gary, who it sounds like is just exceeding all expectations, (laughs) coming back, just blowing people away in training camp now that he's in 11 on 11s, which is fantastic. Uh, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, obviously the first round pick. And then J.J. Anikbari, which is a really nice first four in your edge unit. But the Packers traditionally keep a fifth edge rusher here. Um, And if you're thinking about the fact that Rashawn's probably not going to be back to full strength immediately, they're not going to throw Van Ness out to play 85% of snaps as a rookie. That means that your fifth edge position probably comes down to a guy like Justin Hollins, who's a vet, or a rookie like Bretton Cox Jr. out of Florida. And, you know, Cox has had a really nice preseason so far, nice training camp, but the Packers liked Hollins enough to bring him back in free agency. So... I think, you know, with a lot of these position battles that we're going to talk about and some of these fringe players, it really is going to come down to what the Packers are valuing more this season. And that'll be, do they prefer veteran experience or developmental players that have some high upside? 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Brenton Cox Jr. is a player that we do this with all positions. It feels like it's always wide receivers, but there's always the players that you're afraid that are going to get snatched up by teams around the league after cuts. And Brenton Cox is starting to become that player that people are afraid that he's going to get away if they don't keep him. So it will be really interesting to see if he can claim one of those final spots on this roster. To me, it's still the safeties, guys. We talked about it last week. We talked about Anthony Johnson Jr. We talked about Jonathan Owens. Rudy Ford has gotten some praise from coaches this week. There's some smoke there. Uh, so we we still, though, still have no legitimate idea of who is going to be the second safety alongside Darnell Savage. Again, it'd be really cool if one of these guys would just step up and make a play or two in this game tomorrow and really set themselves apart as the guy after this third preseason game. I think Ford, Johnson Jr., and Owens probably probably all make this team at this point. It's starting to feel like Rudy Ford might win that job, but all three of these guys really could stand to have a really good performance on Saturday afternoon just to go ahead and punch their ticket, make the team, and then talk about who that second safety is going to be. Yeah, and if you listen to the midday Thursday podcast, Andy mentioned that Coach LaFleur said that he knows who the second starting safety is, but they didn't say who. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. You can safely make that assumption that it probably is Rudy Ford, but uh, that position group is one that probably will involve a lot of rotation, I would think. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, no, just because you're starter week one doesn't mean you're going to be starter in week four or eight or 16. Mm-hmm. So um, that is interesting. Also interesting that all three of us pick defensive position groups with linebacker edge and yeah. safety. So uh, we can just fast forward to the offensive parts of Saturday's game. Uh, but to <laughs> avoid that, we also pick some players to watch. Um, and I, I think these are going to be like the individual players outside of that whole position group that we're going to keep our eyes on against the Seahawks. So Maggie, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'll take an offensive player here. I'm going to talk about Patrick (laughs) Taylor. (laughs) Going into training camp, I think Patrick Taylor kind of felt like the leader in the clubhouse to be running back three. You know, he's the longest tenured running back in the the unit, not counting, of course, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And he helped, you know, he helped his case a lot, I I would think, with uh, his touchdown against the Patriots last Saturday. But I'm curious if he's done enough to kind of fend off some of these surges from Emmanuel Wilson, who put himself firmly in that competition with his two touchdown performance in the first preseason game against the Bengals. Taylor, I think, is, you know, one of those players that's got a ton of special teams experience. He's been on the roster for a couple of years now, and that could be the deciding factor here, given that he played 34% of special team snaps in 2022 for Rich Bisaccia. So again, this could come down to, do you value the veteran experience or are you going to take a player that might have a little bit more upside in a fresh rookie like Emmanuel Wilson? Yeah. Emmanuel Wilson has been a really fun one to watch throughout these games. And I think a lot of fans are really excited about him. I, I will say like, Matt LaFleur has given praise to Wilson, but it's like it's come from the reporters of like how awesome has this emergence been? Of course, you know, there's the story layered in there with I think the passing of his dad that they highlighted uh, with the first game. But LaFleur's comments were a little bit more sober. Like he was like, he's done really well, but there it almost felt like there was something else there. Like he knows that Patrick Taylor plays a big role for this team in other ways that may just not show up when the offense is on the field. So that is one that I'm going to watch because if Emmanuel Wilson continues to show out, like, I mean, he's proving his value in other ways. So 
will be really fun to watch that one tomorrow. Uh, Rasheed Walker, I'm going to stay on the offensive side as well. Walker was a seventh-round pick for the Packers just a year ago in 2022. And at the time, he kind of felt like a steal, right? People were kind of thinking he could go late day two, early day three, maybe like round five at the latest. But you kind of wondered why he fell so far in the draft. And we still don't really have an answer to that question because he's playing really, really well. He's even earned some snaps with the ones. It's starting to feel like he may have actually surpassed Yash Nyman on the depth chart, which really isn't a dig at Nyman. It just speaks to the depth that the Packers have at offensive tackle right now. It's a great problem. Obviously, Rasheed Walker isn't going to take the starting gig from David Bakhtiari, but I'm really curious to see if he can cement himself as the team's go-to third tackle ahead of Nyman. And actually, just today, he was taking starter reps at right tackle in practice when Zach Tom was playing at center. So if Walker can prove that he's able to hold down a tackle job so that Green Bay could play Tom over at center, it would just be something really, really impressive that I don't think a lot of people saw coming as an option from that depth, that deep on on the depth chart from the tackle position. So really, really interesting to watch that play out. I would guess that his performance on Saturday could play a big role in how the coaching staff ends up organizing this offensive line as a whole. So I think it's a big, big game for Walker, and I'll be paying a lot of attention to him. Yeah, it is interesting when you talk about roster building and – Maggie mentioned Patrick Taylor. We can probably imagine that it's highly unlikely Patrick Taylor, if he were to be cut and exposed to waivers, that another team is going to pick him up because of his, you know, perceived positional value. Uh, whereas, like, he is very important to the Packers, but they may be able to stash him on the practice squad until somebody gets hurt and they're able to elevate him to um, the 53. Whereas you talk about positions of value, the previously mentioned Brendan Cox Jr., you talk about Rashid Walker, like tackles and edge players, you cannot expose your really talented young players to waivers because they will get mm-hmm. snatched up every single time by somebody. Uh, so, so some, dev, you know, it it's interesting you see the Packers carry somebody like Rashid Walker for a whole season uh, or Yash Nyman in the past and maybe guys like Caleb Jones, uh, you know, previously and, and going forward. And, and you see those developments and it, it is it's really, really important and a big part of why the Packers can be as successful as they are on the offensive line. Uh, I'm going to go in a completely different direction, uh, and that is tight ends. Uh, I'm going to talk about Tucker Craft a little bit. Of course, all of the buzz is around Luke Musgrave, and rightfully so. He has looked really, really impressive early. Craft has looked much more like a traditional rookie tight end, struggling to pick things up and starting a little slowly. Sounds like he got open on a really nice route today in the end zone and then dropped a touchdown pass that bounced off his face mask. Uh, but, but Kraft is going to be counted on this season because LaFleur probably wants to run a lot of two tight end sets. And there just isn't much depth on this team with Tyler Davis out. So Tucker should get some major run on Saturday and a big performance will likely do a lot for his confidence entering week one, which I think can help propel him into being more productive as the season goes on. Hello, friends. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to and being a supporter of the Packaday podcast. You've all helped make Packaday one of the most downloaded sports podcasts in the world today. And I want to sincerely thank you for that. For those of you who don't know, Packaday is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's our partnership with Blue Wire that allows us to bring you this amazing Packers content 365 days a year. 
Blue Wire currently has over 300 shows with former athletes, celebrities, media professionals, and passionate fans like us. Over the past few years, they've raised over $10 million to grow and operate business and support podcasts like the Packaday Podcast. Now, Blue Wire is raising another round of funding by utilizing WeFunder. This funding will help support Blue Wire sales team and improve operations. This is giving everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing company. This is not a donation. You are literally investing to own a piece of Blue Wire. A few years ago, I took the leap and started partnering with Blue Wire, and it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. I'm hoping you'll consider doing the same. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. And remember, supporting Blue Wire is another way to support the Packaday podcast and our Packaday podcast team. Thank you. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. 
Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So now that we've talked about three offensive players, (laughs) I'll... Switch it back to the defensive side of the ball. And I want to talk about Elijah Hamilton. And maybe this one is cheating, right? He's brand new to the roster as of earlier this week. I was going to say Shamar John Charles here, but I want to talk about Hamilton too. With Eric Stokes starting the season on the pup list, the only true locks I would say at corner right now are Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and Keyshawn Nixon. And Carrington Valentine has probably cemented his place as corner for you can probably call him a lock at this point, too, but it's likely that the Packers will have at least one more corner on the roster for depth until Stokes is able to return. Prior to training camp, I would have absolutely said that that's John Charles, who, you know, he took some snaps as a slot defender last season, also played a ton of special teams for Green Bay the last couple of years. But the Packers did just bring in Hamilton from the XFL, and he's got really nice height to play the corner position. He's 6'1", and of course, it feels like an uphill battle for him to come in this late and make a 53-man roster, but Goody clearly liked what he saw in him, considering that he brought him in this late into camp. So I guess I'll say that my players to watch are Hamilton and SJC for that kind of fifth corner spot. Yeah, that that would be a, a really cool storyline to see Hamilton play well. And imagine if he makes this roster, right? That That's pretty unlikely, but maybe he makes the practice squad, gets called up later in the season, the Packers and Vikings are playing. The Vikings run kind of an outside, uh, you know, handoff. And Hamilton finds himself in an open field duel with Alexander Madison. I was waiting Nothing. for that to be a... Okay. Right when that was really long. Like, I don't know where this like is going. The longest pause ever. <laughs> I'm going to think there's something wrong with the audio when I edit this. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your support, both of you. Uh, anyways, I'm going to talk about Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, which is definitely cheating, uh, picking two players. But these young defensive linemen have been so impressive so far. And if they can be part of the defensive line rotation, it could do a massive amount to not only just adding to the group, but providing some insurance in case there's injuries, keeping the starters fresh later in the season and making this pass rush even more fearsome. So I'm hoping to see Brooks and Wooden continue to compete really well with the second stringers, which they've done so far, and then dominate the third stringers if they get some run later in the game. Yeah, I feel like I'm still like behind the ball on Brooks and Wooden just because they were the guys I was probably the least familiar with from their draft class and did the least on when they selected them. And I just feel like I haven't caught up yet. Obviously, it's been a lot of fun to watch these guys play in the preseason, but they're guys that I'm excited to continue to watch and get to know a little bit better. And that's why the preseason is so fun, because you do get to get to know these guys before you get to the regular season. But, okay, so we've done our due diligence to get through some offense defense. I'm going to get us to special teams here and talk about Andres Carlson, because 
we need to see consistency here from Carlson and we need to see it fast. The crazy thing really about this 2023 Packers team is that they kind of sort of look like they might be ready to compete for this division. I think this team looks a lot better than I think a lot of people probably would have predicted that they would look at this point in training camp and in the preseason. So, I mean, you talk about like love looking ready. Love looks, I mean, the buzz is almost getting to the point where you're like, okay, let's calm down because like national media is really pumping it up. But Love looks ready. The rookie weapons look ready to contribute pretty much right away. Uh, and sending Joe Barry upstairs to the box looks like maybe that was exactly what the defense needed. So there's reason to think that the Packers can win their fair share games this season. And the NFC North, there's a lot of questions about who's going to be the better team in this in this division. It would just really stink if the Packers lost a handful of games on missed PATs and game-winning field goal opportunities that would just be a really rough way to lose those opportunities. I think you want to give your young player time to mature for sure, right? They drafted this guy. They believe in Carlson. But since the team feels ready to exceed expectations, I think there's kind of some pressure mounting to roster a kicker who's ready to at least meet expectations, right? We need the narrative around Carlson to change. And a strong outing on Saturday would certainly be a good start for him to kind of turn this around. Yeah, that that definitely is really interesting. And I know we have a few minutes left, so I, I wanted to transition to something really related. I was thinking earlier, like, what are the Packers' actual options if they wanted to go in a different direction than Anders Carlson? And I think, I, personally, I would really advocate for them keeping Anders around, even if it's on the practice squad, because we, we saw it— you know, you don't have to move very far away to the Vikings and his brother, Daniel, getting drafted and then jettisoned mid-year. And now he's turned into one of the best and most consistent kickers in the entire league with the Raiders. And you don't want to see that happen. But if you can't trust him right now, uh, then what direction would the Packers go? Of course, there's always this black cloud hanging over Anders Carlson of Mason Crosby, still living in Green Bay, uh, apparently still training and ready to go. But there are some other kickers around the league. And and this is a one that, for me, was really hard to research. But, you know, Rodrigo Blankenship was cut by the Buccaneers earlier this week. The Saints have a kicker duel going on with Will Lutz and Blake Group. I, I think it's Group. Um, and apparently he's been really impressive, so Will Lutz might be on the chopping block. Uh, you have Robbie Gold as a veteran, still still out there in the ether. Uh, Tristan Viscaino was somebody that was pretty impressive for the Cowboys. There's other rumors, um, and sometimes you get a surprise cut. I know the Dolphins had a pretty pretty uh, a surprisingly competitive kicker competition going on, and some people. Were questioning could Jason Sanders potentially get cut that would be a name that would certainly be really interesting so you know any thoughts on how you would prefer the Packers proceed with this kicker situation I mean I think for me personally you want the vet in this situation and it's for the reasons that Kyle listed given that this is a team that you think can possibly contend in a weak division right now and you don't want a rookie kicker to be the reason that you're losing football games and I agree with you 100%. I mean, I don't think the Packers should move on from Anders. I, you know, you hope he stays on the practice squad and would get to develop. But whoever comes in, you know, we talked about this a little bit with Andy too earlier in the week. And the the leash is definitely longer for Rich Passaccia than it would be for Joe Barry, given that he's working with a ton of rookies. And you look at, you know, Andrew, you talked about inside linebacker. 
maybe the Packers don't keep Eric Wilson. Maybe they want to do the youth movement, and then it doesn't really matter who your field goal kicker is at that point because you've got a youth movement who's really inexperienced, and Keyshawn Nixon can only be a Band-Aid for so many issues that you have on special teams. You know, I don't know if a kicker or a, a vet kicker, I should say, moves the needle as much to make this like a top 10 unit in the league, but if it's coming down to potentially winning you a couple games, I think you have to you have to consider that. Yeah, and a couple of games at the end of the year is going to be a big, big deal. And obviously, like, I get it. Like, Goody wants to make sure that he gives this guy a chance. But I guess the thing for me is Andres Carlson wasn't a highly touted prospect as a kicker coming into the NFL draft. He was, like, down the list, kind of like the fourth, fifth, sixth kicker on most lists of, you know, consistency from college good, you know, powerful leg, but accuracy and consistency questions. So we've seen that exact same player throughout camp and throughout these games. And I think that that is the most concerning thing. It's not like we have a great track record to go back on and we're just waiting to rediscover that. This is a player who has to fix what he's always been. And so we're a couple of weeks away from playing a really, you know, a, a actual regulation football game. We probably want someone who can has a little bit more experience to do that. And I'm obviously Andrews mentioned a couple names here. I know that the Packers don't want to pay a lot of money for a vet, but when Mason Crosby's a legitimate option, I feel like you pursue that. I don't know why you wouldn't. And I do think that someone like Will Lutz is also really interesting as someone who's 29 years old that could be a band-aid, but if he's only 29, then you know, if, if honors doesn't work out, you have someone who could potentially play for you for a couple of years. But I don't know. It just would be a really big bummer if what eventually at the end of the season kept the Packers out of the playoffs were a couple of missed field goals throughout the season. Something I, I want to mention really quickly. Um, if you don't follow Sandwich on Twitter, one, you're missing out. But two, she does some work for Acme Packing. And she wrote an article earlier this week about Anders Carlson and in that article, she included Mason Crosby's rookie numbers mm. and his rookie season. He went 31 of 39 on field goals for 79.5% hit all of his extra points, 48 out of 48. Um, and most of his misses came from attempts between 40 and 49 yards. And if you compound that even further, his next year was almost exactly the same. And he didn't really improve those numbers until his fifth year in the league. And that's when he established himself as one of the league's best kickers. So we're talking about positions that take a long time to acclimate in the Mm -hmm. NFL. Tight end is one of them. Kicker is almost certainly one of the most difficult transitions. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, this is going to be something that, unless the Packers do something about is always going to be sort of a cloud hanging over the season of what is going to happen when Anders eventually, uh, you know, misses a couple kicks in a game or misses a game winner. And then, you know, how are you going to react to that? Do you overreact and then make the change then, or do you do something a little bit more preemptive when teams start settling these kicker battles and potentially some, some more experienced kickers become available. Um, so we will definitely keep an eye on that. We're really excited about what's going to happen on Saturday. And then we have a super busy week with cuts coming. Uh, if, if NFL transactions over the last 48 hours have been any indication, it's going to be fast and furious. And we're still waiting for a few things 
uh, to fall into place like Jonathan Taylor, Trey Lance, et cetera. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for all the, the latest on what's going on and, and what will be impacting the Green Bay Packers as we move forward. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. And also make sure you check out the aforementioned Packs What She Said episode with Andy Herman this week. You can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to Packaday Podcast and consider giving us a five-star review. We can't thank you enough. Uh, as was mentioned by Andy Herman, we hit the top 100 sports podcasts in the United States a week ago. That is so incredible. And so thank you all for being there, for subscribing, for uh, giving us a review. If you haven't done that yet, please consider doing it. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Friday. Next week, we'll be back with a preview of the start of the NFL regular season. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember... Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.